Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. There are two liberty-minded entrepreneurs that came together over their love of coffee and their love of liberty. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code FICTION. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone's doing well today. For those of you not familiar with the show, all you new listeners out there, we talk about politics, current events, and economics, always from a libertarian point of view. And uh, just a couple of quick sort of um, updates, I guess, with the show and with everything that's going on. Um, I have decided that on Fridays, uh, starting the 29th, on Fridays, every other Friday, we're going to be doing a sort of like a Friday happy hour sort of thing, like a live stream where we uh, we get together, throw back a few cocktails, whatever you guys are drinking, shoot the breeze a little bit, just sort of a way to uh, c- connect with you guys, give give us, a, you know, start building a little community out here and, and have some fun. And that's going to be for all of the supporting listeners of the show. So anybody that actually goes to peddlingfictionpodcast.com and donates to the show, it can be a one-time donation. It could be, you could set up a recurring donation. I think you can donate as little as a dollar. So uh, whatever you want to do, if you want to do that, you will get access to our Friday fun day, happy hour, whatever the hell we're going to end up calling it. I don't know what we're going to call it yet. But that's um, that, that's something I, I want to do this year. So we're going to start that on the, the 29th is going to be the first one. And then we're going to do another one on the 5th, uh, February 5th. So two Fridays back to back. And then after that, it's going to be every other Friday. 
So the first um, month or so, so the January 29th through February, I'm also going to open it up to anybody that donated to the Kiara fund to, uh, to help my friend's daughter out here a few months ago. So um, I, I know I promised you guys something as a reward for that. And that's what uh, the, I've decided to come up with. And um, hopefully that's something that, that interests you. Um, I'm always open to other ideas as well as a, as a reward for that. It doesn't have to be just a one-time thing for all the Kiara donators because I really uh, appreciated every everybody's uh, contributions to that. But this will be, I think, sort of a fun ongoing thing that we can do. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, that that's going to be every other Friday starting um, February 5th. But we're also going to do an introductory one on January 29th. And uh, let's see, is there anything else? We do have a, a couple of um, interviews coming up that we have scheduled for um, ones in February. And then I think one's gonna be later on in the year. But today I do have a, a very special guest lined up who I'm gonna be talking to here in a minute. And he is uh, the only person that I'm aware of that is, is bringing lawsuits to the uh, state of Arizona. He's challenging, I think he's challenged all kinds of things, we'll get into it. But most recently he's challenged the mask mandates. And he, he's, um, well, I guess I don't wanna spoil anything. So we'll get into it. But um, I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. He seems like a really interesting guy, a really interesting uh, story and just very relevant and important to everything that's going on today. So um, he's definitely one of the, the most uh, litigious people I, I've, um, I've encountered, but litigious in a good way. He's not bringing like frivolous bullshit lawsuits to people to try to shake him down for money. He's going after the uh, government for all of their infringements on our constitutional rights. So uh, without further ado. All right. So Joseph, welcome to the show. What's going on? Well, a lot, but I'm managing it. Um, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, my, my pleasure. Yeah, we were chatting a little before we started recording, and it sounds like you're a very busy, litigious guy. I am a very busy, very litigious guy. Um, yeah, that's, that's a fact. So why, why don't you break down how this all got started and what you've been up to the last couple of months? Well, it all got started... Uh, March 20th of, of 2020, when I lost my job, um, I was a chef and the restaurant was subject to a, a business closure order by the city of Flagstaff. Um, so city of Flagstaff and the mayor of Flagstaff, what I felt was an unlawful and unconstitutional business closure um, which was depriving me of income. And I raised Fifth Amendment um, taking claims. I raised 14th Amendment substantive due process claims. Um, and I filed that in uh, Coconino County Superior Court. And a couple days later, the governor uh, issued a stay-at-home order. So I amended that complaint to add the governor um, and then I added a whole bunch of additional claims um, for, you know, 
essentially detention without cause. Uh, there are 42 U.S.C. Section 1983, which is the federal civil rights um, federal civil rights law that allows you to sue government officials for um, civil rights violations. That case was removed by the defendants to federal court. After that, I filed for a preliminary injunction on the stay-at-home order. Um, went to, we had a hearing on that uh, in front of Judge Snow. He's the chief judge of the um, U.S. District Court for the District of Arizona. Ultimately, the injunction was denied. Um, and so there was only, I want to say, five days left of the stay-at-home order. So I went ahead and just dismissed the complaint voluntarily because I felt it was pointless to proceed. I would have been moot uh, after that. Um, so, you know, I'm watching months later, months go by, I'm watching all of this um, COVID-19, what I, you know, what I would just call strictly authoritarianism. Um, I think that's the only word for it. Yeah. July... Uh, the governor issued an order closing gyms and that really rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> so, um, you know, after that, I, I sort of realized this was not going to be going away. This was going to be probably a long-term thing where they're just imposing these, these unlawful orders and mandates at will without any um, legislative action, you know, essentially ruling by fiat Um so, um, you know, after the gym closure and after the governor issued an executive order allowing cities to impose cities, counties, towns are called political subdivisions in Arizona. Uh, after he imposed this order, um, allowing political subdivisions to impose mask requirements, I started really just diving into court cases, um, law review articles, um, other decisions throughout the country, other COVID-related um, you know, precedent that had been set. And after the Supreme Court's uh, recent rulings uh, in favor of churches, uh, I, I believe it was New York, and there was one other, I think there was one other state. Um, after that, I realized that the tide was starting to turn. And... Um, you know, I decided that more litigation was needed. And um, so I basically looked at everything that was going on, all of the orders that were that were imposed. Um, and I did this throughout the country just to get a general idea of what I was up against. And then I just made a checklist of all of the things that I needed to attack separately with claims in court. And so this is the first, um, I guess this is the first iteration of that. So it, it's just um, trying to get precedent established in the Arizona Supreme Court. That's why I brought the case directly to the court. So that after that, myself and whoever else wants to take a crack at this can start chipping away at everything else. So it's, it's, it's uh, essentially it's a war of attrition. And I'm, I'm fine to wage that war because somebody has to. And I, I take it you have a, a, a team of lawyers working for you. You have your own law degree. 
Nope, it's just me. I have no law degree. I've never set foot in a law school classroom. Um, I was a high school dropout. I got a GED. My highest level of college education is is an associate's degree. Um, I am entirely self-taught. I have learned. Um, I've learned law and litigation over the past three years, and I started studying law because I was and still am in a pretty intense uh, divorce slash child custody case. Um, and my ex-wife had uh, had the benefit of exceptionally qualified counsel, and I could not afford an attorney. So it was basically a matter of uh, learn the law, get really good at litigation, or lose custody of your son. So pretty good motivation right there. <laughs> I would I would say so. I mean it sounds like you did a pretty good job because I, I bet a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is going over people's heads. <laughs> yeah, you know, at the risk of self-aggrandizement, it's a pretty airtight um petition that I filed. I mean, I've you know, I try to think of things in terms of uh, you know, what is the other side going to raise? What arguments are they going to raise against, you know, the claims that I'm making? And then I try to address those directly in the petition. I, I you know, I sort of um, um, proactively head that off. Um, and so I think in this petition, I've pretty well um, cut off any avenues of escape for the <clears throat> for the adverse parties. Um, basically what they're going to raise is a COVID is really dangerous. They're going to cite to CDC. They're going to cite to, um, you know, the, the Arizona state department of health. They're going to cite to the ICU numbers because they, they really don't have anything else. And they're going to say that, uh, all of these restrictions are necessary and, you know, that be that as it may, I, I don't, um, you know, I don't care if they feel it's necessary because they're not legal. You know, <laughs> if, 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 uh, you know, if the founders and the framers of the constitution had felt that safety was always more important than freedom, we would not have a fourth, fifth or sixth amendment. Let's take a quick second and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show. And that is Zipix Toothpicks. Uh, first, I'm hawking caffeine. Now I'm hawking nicotine. These are nicotine-infused toothpicks, and they are also flavored. So it, it's the best of both worlds. You get a delicious-tasting toothpick that also can curb that nicotine craving. It is a great smokeless alternative to cigarettes. It's a great alternative to all the other over-the-counter nicotine alternatives. It's cheaper than all of those. It's uh, less cumbersome than a lot of them. I mean, it's just a toothpick. You can pop it into your mouth anywhere you want. There's no mess. You can take as much nicotine out of it as you want. You can save it for later if you don't need all the nicotine that's in the toothpick. You can do it indoors. You can do it outdoors. You can do it without anybody knowing that you're actually getting a nicotine fix. So go to ZipixToothpicks.com. Use promo code FICTION for 10% off your order. He's got six different flavors. You can get the ultimate flavor pack if you want to try them all. If you're a smoker or you uh, you chew tobacco or you're on the nicotine gum or the patch or something like that, try out these toothpicks as a, an alternative to what you're already doing. You won't be sorry. 
So make sure you go to zippixtoothpicks.com. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X, toothpicks.com. Order yourself a bunch of these nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks so that you have the perfect alternative to get you that nicotine fix that you need from time to time. Zippixtoothpicks.com, promo code FICTION. Yeah, and there's nothing in there that, that that talks about need or necessity in times of of dire whatever. Um, it's it, it really is just unbelievable that there's not even a, an attempt at anybody to yeah. sort of make a, a constitutional argument for what they're doing or even address the constitutionality of anything. They're just doing whatever the hell they want to do. Exactly. They made no attempts whatsoever to offer any legal basis for what they're doing other than the worst Supreme Court decision of all time, which is Jacobson versus Massachusetts, which was a mandatory vaccination law in the state of Massachusetts that was challenged and went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled that, um, you know, they, they tackled issues of public health and the, the problem with that case was that the plaintiff really raised the wrong claims. Um, you know, he raised, he raised some, some pretty paper thin claims and I don't know if he was self-representing if he even had an attorney, but that case has been repeatedly cited um, last year for the reasons to, for doing all these things. It's just, well, Jacobson V mass says that, you know, we can do whatever we want for a public health emergency. And it's just, Aside from the fact that that was just a bad case, um, there's been so many different um, precedent, pre- precedential cases after that, that that directly challenged the authority, um, you know, the Supreme Court said that the states have. I mean, you know, there, there <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't even think strict scrutiny was, um, was established yet in 1905. I think that came later. Um, but, but anyway, there's, there's, there's a huge number of cases after that. And Jacobson v. Mass needs to go away. And um, if that's something that I have to work on myself, I'll, I'll work on it myself because that case needs to go. And do you have like um, a, a GoFundMe campaign going on or something? How are you, uh, how are you funding all this litigation? I'm, it's self-funded. Um, I do. I have put up a GoFundMe. Um, I don't excuse me, I don't really expect much to come out of it because, you know, everybody's broke right now and everybody's broke right now because of the exact thing that I'm fighting. So it's kind of, it's kind of a catch 22, but I do have a GoFundMe up. If people want to donate, that would be great. Um, if not, I understand, you know, we're all struggling right now, but, uh, this is, this is a true, I mean, it's an understatement to say that this is a tremendous amount of time and effort and exhaustion that goes into this it's it's you know it's just me you know (laughs) it's just me and that's what they're counting on that's why they don't even pretend to even address the constitution because they know that they can drag you through all this legal horseshit um they they can uh, make it as complicated and complex as possible to try to understand all this stuff and they can just overwhelm you they have unlimited bullshit resources that they basically extract from all the rest of us Yep. It's uh man is it is just such a rigged system. <laughs> and it's like it's one of it's always amazes me that like uh the court system is one of the things that most statists point to as like oh w- without the government like who's going to 
you know, how are you going to litigate things? What, what's going to happen if somebody go, has to go to court? And it's like, this is the system you guys are defending. It is right. one of the biggest clusterfucks I've ever seen in my entire life. And yes. they like it that way. I mean, yes. all the incentives line up for that. It, it, that. That's true. That's very, very true. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, I, as, as much as needs to be changed about the court system and, you know, lawyers and judges will say the same thing over and over that, you know, this is not in any manner an efficient system or really even a just system for a lot of people. Um, you know, but that said, I, I trust the courts. I mean, the courts right now are all we have left and, you know, you gotta sometimes wage your battles on, on, on the enemy's turf. And that's exactly what this is. But, you know, if, if the option is surrender or, you know, bring it, bring the fight to them, then you bring the fight to them. And the only way to do that is through the courts. And so it takes, you know, it takes dedication to, you know, even, even as, as a team of lawyers to, fight and win cases like this because they have, you know, the government has a huge incentive in taking away your freedoms. I mean, it's, it's the bottom line is that freedoms interfere with the government's ability to expeditiously do whatever it wants. And so if they can whittle away at these freedoms, then it makes it much easier for them to pass all of these things and say, well, this is for the, for the greater good. So it doesn't matter. And it's like, I'm sorry, that's not how it works here. This is, it doesn't work that way here or it shouldn't work that way here. How many times have you been to court so far? Um, in my life or just Uh, over COVID stuff, just over COVID stuff. Um, I have had, uh, three hearings, um, I had the uh, first hearing on the preliminary injunction. No, it was two hearings. So I have a first hearing on a preliminary in- preliminary injunction when the case was still in Superior Court. Uh, that was the stay-at-home order um, case. But um, that hearing was calendared. I had not yet served all of the defendants, and so um, that case or that hearing was reset. It was basically. Um, you know, the judge waiting for the defendants to get on the phone and because all the hearings were telephonic and she got on the phone and, and asked if, if, uh, I had served the defendants and I, I said, no, um, I was still trying to, um, you know, cause COVID had just started. So it was like, you know, how, how am I going to serve people when all the, all the offices are closed? <laughs> and so it took a lot of detective work to even be able to serve them. Um, and so after I served them, they removed the court. And they removed the case to federal court. And so the only hearing I had was on May 8th. And that was on the uh, motion for preliminary injunction against the stay at home order. Um, and that was denied. So those were the only two hearings I've had uh, related to COVID. I've had a million family court hearings. So I, I know how I've had evidentiary hearings. I've, I've gone to trial. So, I mean, I know how, uh, I know how to litigate. Uh, I'm not at all um, averse to litigate. I, I like it to be honest. Um, no, I don't, I don't get flustered in a hearing. I don't, you know, it's just, I've done this so many times before with my son on the line, which is so much more important to me than this. So it's like, this is, you know, this is really sort of nothing um, in terms of 
my level of nervousness or intimidation or whatever, you know, hearings on this is like, okay, you know, I hope I win, but if I don't, whatever, I'll just regroup. You know, it's not like if I lose, I lose custody of my son. So I had a lot more on the line before. And so these hearings are really not a big deal to me. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm glad that uh, you're pretty well versed in this sort of stuff. I'm, I'm picturing if I had to go to court over something like this, it looked like something from my cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the problem with being a fake lawyer, being a self-taught fake lawyer, is that um, you really can't learn courtroom procedure by reading or even by watching YouTube videos. I mean, you, you can sort of, but it's like every case is different. Um, and so, you know, for, for how you argue at hearings, it's, it's, it's a lot of just doing it and learning from your mistakes because you can write superb motions and you can write, um, you know, you can write superbly. And if you can't argue at a hearing, none of your, writing none of your research none of it matters because you're just going to get blown out the doors and what sort of treatment do you get from the courtroom when you're representing yourself well it's been i i want to say it's been it's been mixed um but i would say overall i get exceptionally deferential treatment from the judges that i've been um, you know, I get, I get treated very fairly, um, in, in, in every single case. Cause I've brought, I've, I've brought a lot of lawsuits. Um, I, I find overwhelmingly that the judges are more than willing to offer reasonable accommodations to me as a self-represented litigant. And, um, you know, I believe that that is a function of, the way that I write and the way that I present arguments. Um, you know, if you, if you bring a good, well-pleaded, well-supported um, case, you know, petition or, or complaint to court, I feel like most judges are going to see that you are, you know, as a pro se, are, are going to see that you are really trying, you know, that you have really given it your best and that you deserve fair treatment and not only fair treatment, you deserve a little bit extra, which is what the judges are allowed to do. Judges are allowed to, to offer reasonable accommodations to self-represented litigants. That's well within their, um, you know, discretion to do so. And that doesn't mean that you enter rulings that aren't fair. It just means that, you know, maybe this, this claim wasn't pleaded exactly correctly, but you know, you liberal, the judges can liberally construe, uh, pro se pleadings. And so, you know, I, I get on the witness stand, you know, and I'm, it, it's, it's, um, you know, direct testimony. I don't, you know, some judges will require, and this is just uh, in, uh, insane. Some judges will require self-represented litigants to actually ask themselves questions and then answer the questions. And it's like, are you kidding me? This, there's nothing you know, a reasonable accommodation for a self-represented litigant under direct testimony is just to allow them to testify in a, in a narrative because the judge is, is capable of uh, noting and sustaining objections. You know, the, the judge is, is capable of, of sustaining, you know, sustaining their own objections and, and striking as, 
you know, as needed. And that's, you know, that's one of the accommodations that should be afforded to, to pro se litigants. So, you know, if I'm on the witness stand and I start going off on a tangent about something that's not related, um, you know, something that lacks foundation or something that assumes facts, not in evidence, there's no need for the uh, attorney to object to that because the judge is essentially listening to that testimony and noting and sustaining his, his or her own objections or motions to strike. So there's, there's no need, you know, there's no need for a question and answer format. I mean, obviously if, you know, if testimony starts getting way off track, the judge can, can sort of bring it back around. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a very good system the way that uh you know for for pro se parties it's just not it's it's very difficult to navigate that's that's kind of good to hear at least you're getting treated fairly because i i hear these horror stories about people that that go to court to try to defend themselves and they just get completely railroaded let's take a quick break for a minute and talk about one of our other sponsors for today's show and that is the Lucky Guy Bakery, serving up some of the best brownies you'll ever have in your life, delivered right to your door. I have tasted almost every single one of these, and I was pleasantly surprised at the quality of ingredients and just perfect balance between sweet and saltiness. They're not overly sweet. They're just very chocolatey and delicious. They have a bunch of different flavor options. You can get the classic brownie. They got a vegan They have a gluten-free. They have a peanut butter bonanza that people go crazy for. Check them out at theluckyguybakery.com. Order yourself a customized gift basket or order some for that special loved one you got coming up around February. Was it February 13th? Is that Valentine's Day? So that's coming up. You guys got to get ahead of the game here. Go to luckyguybakery.com. Use the promo code PF20. P is in peddling, F is in fiction, 20 for 20% off your order. These are not only delicious brownies made by another liberty minded fan of the show, but they use fresh ingredients. They're all handmade. They come with custom little notes in them. It's a perfect gift idea for anybody. And you should treat yourself as well because who doesn't need a, a nice delicious brownie from time to time? So go to the Lucky Guy Bakery. Use promo code PF20 for 20% off your order. Yeah, I think it's a lot different um, if you are a criminal defendant who's trying to represent yourself because... You know, there's there's an assumption, and even if it's not spoken, even if it's not something that anybody talks about, there's just an assumption that you're guilty. You know, if if you're arrested and, or you're indicted and you're prosecuted, there's just you know, there's just the assumption this guy's guilty. You know, and and really that's not true. It just you know, it it only takes probable cause to prosecute someone. And that just means it's, it's at least 50.1% likely that, that you're guilty. So it's 49.9% likely that you're not, it's literally a coin toss, but that's what it takes to, you know, to prosecute someone. So there, you know, that is, as is kind of ignored, um, you know, in, in the criminal justice system with, with self-represented parties and a lot of, from what I understand in, in, 
you know, doing a lot of reading on what are called prison lawyers, um, you know, a lot of uh, judges and prosecutors just feel like the defendant is thinks that they're smarter than everyone else thinks that, you know, that they, they take it as an ego insult. It's like, well, you're just some scumbag criminal. How dare you enter our domain and use our words and our language and our rules? You know, you're, you're sullying our system. It's like, come on, let's, let's face it. A lot of public defenders are fairly useless and it's not because they're bad lawyers. It's because they've got a thousand clients and they've, you know, they, they maybe spent five minutes with you discussing your case before the hearing. It's like, that's the, you're not going to get adequate representation that way. So, you know, if you are capable of representing yourself, then, then you should be given some deferential treatment by the courts and by the prosecutors. Um, that said, like I said, in, in the civil cases I've been involved in with one exception, um, judges have been exceptionally fair to me um, and exceptionally encouraging um, you know, they will say, Mr. McGee, this is, this is a very well-written motion, et cetera. So, you know, they will, they will give me credit where credit's due. And I don't need to hear that. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make or break me, but it's, it's nice to hear, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an acknowledgement that they see that I'm trying, you know, that I'm really trying my very best because every, every motion, every petition, everything that I do, I, I, really give it my very best and yeah i'll have some spelling mistakes and yeah i'll have some words that are not underlined properly and it's like I, you know i don't have a team of paralegals looking over my work you know making sure that it's ready how long does it take to put together some of these emotions uh this petition i started working on the morning of january 1st uh, i started completely from scratch and I did all of the research and all of the writing and filed it by mail on January 6th. So that's how long it took me. That said, those were 14 to 18 hour days. So it was work, 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 sleep for a couple hours, get up, work, 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 work. Um, and I took one day off. I took a Sunday off during that time. Um, and just rested and then and then went back in and finished it so it's 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 a marathon for me and i have i have a whole routine that i do you know i don't i'm not overwhelmed with the prospect of hey i need to draft a 30 page petition here you know and i'm starting from scratch it's just i've done this so many times um in my custody proceedings that it's like okay i've got my system i do the i do all of the legal research in the morning in the afternoon um, you know, all of the, the outline for my arguments. Um, and then in the evening, I do all of the writing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a system that works for me. So I've got it down. Um, you know, the only thing is, is it's extremely time consuming. And it's, it's just requires a tremendous amount of mental effort. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's hard because the work is not hard. It's just laborious. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's like when you're done for the day, your brain just feels empty. It's like you've used everything in your brain and it's like you, you're just sitting there drooling because you're just so, so mentally spent. 
then you try to go to sleep and you have little you have arguments popping up in your head and you've got you know you've got case citations that you're like oh i should have done that um, it's a lot of work yeah it, it sounds like there need to be support groups for everybody that's bringing some cases to court by themselves i would love a support group i would love to be able to go in and say hi my name is joseph and i'm a fake lawyer <laughs> <laughs> hi well, joseph are there do you know of any other people around the country that are trying to do the same thing you're doing i don't know of any self-represented litigants that are trying to do this um I have not heard of any. As far as I know, I'm the only self-represented litigant that has brought any COVID case to any court uh, in the United States. Wow. And so what are the other people doing? They're hiring lawyers? They're all hiring lawyers. I I was up against seven attorneys um, in federal court. The other sides had seven attorneys. It's like... I'm glad we could do it on the other side for you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. You know... um, Yeah, the other side is, you know, they're hiring attorneys, but it's like these attorneys that are defending these government officials and agencies, these are top-notch attorneys. I mean, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but, um, you know, some of the attorneys that I've been up against, they they went to Harvard. It's like, you know, these are not, this is not uh, Saul Goodman here. These are, these are... (laughs) These are top tier attorneys, uh, top tier, brutal pit bull litigators. Um, and so even for, for, for someone who's like, I want to, I want to hire an attorney and fight this, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking to spend about $250 an hour. It's like, sorry, no, these attorneys I'm up against are, are one of them is a partner in 15 firms. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to mention names. He knows who he is. Um, he's as tough as they come. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what we're up against. And so are there any like organizations that you know of that are are helping people out with these sorts of cases or bringing some of these cases like pro bono? No, and that's not for my lack of trying. I spent, I have continually reached out and tried to tried to get support, tried to get, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not someone that says I need a lawyer to represent me because I don't feel that way, but excuse me, it would be nice to have an attorney, even just an attorney that I could bounce ideas off of, you know, just say, well, you know, what if I frame the argument like this? What if I did that? And it's like, but the, the, you know, ethical rules are such that it's like, well, I can't offer you advice because that creates a relationship. Um, you know, it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking you to represent me. You know, can't we just talk as two intellectuals about the law? Hypothetically. I'm not saying, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying build my case for me. I'm not saying, what do I do now? I'm just saying, you know, here's this argument. What if I frame it like that? Would it be better like this? Or would it be better like that? And what do you think? Am I missing anything? It's like, come on, we can't discuss that. We don't have a First Amendment right to discuss that because the bar says you can't. Please, that's nonsense. But no, I've found no help anywhere. And the attorneys that I have reached out to, some of them have been very sympathetic and they have said, you know, I would love to take this case, but it would ruin my career. Because it it makes them look like they are against public health. Right. 
it's like, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, this has not just been one attorney. This has been numerous attorneys that I've, that I've spoken with that have said the same thing. You know, I would love to, to work on this with you, but I just can't. It's not, it's not something I can be involved in. So, okay. It is what it is. I don't, I don't have a professional reputation. I don't, you know, I'm not, <laughs> my, my, my law firm is, is one person and I have one client. So I, it, none of that matters to me. People can think whatever they want. I don't care. Well, so far, maybe you should start your own law practice. <laughs> yeah. And then I would get rung up on uh, unauthorized practice of law charges. <laughs> no. And people have asked me, you know, oh, why don't you go to law school? And I'm like, yeah, let me just pick some money off my money tree and make that happen. Right. Sorry. I don't have a hundred grand sitting around. Yeah. It's just, it's not a thing. So if, uh, you know, some law school wants to offer me a free ride. Sure. I'll take it. Let's, you know, I'll enroll next semester. But, um, you know, aside from that, uh, if Biden and Harris get their way free free (laughs) degrees for everybody. Yeah. You know, I don't think that that's going to extend to professional degrees. And, uh, you know, that's assuming that we don't have a complete economic collapse by June, which is, you know, probably a 25% chance. Um, Anyway, I digress. But uh, yeah, no. So this, you know, this essentially just will remain a hobby. You know, I I hope that my son, who is turning six, um, I hope that he becomes a lawyer. I hope that he, um, you know, I hope he goes to law school. I hope he picks up the torch for me. Um, That that's my hope for him. Obviously, you know, he can do whatever he wants, whatever makes him happy. But, um, you know, that would fulfill me in terms of my fake lawyering. You know, if my son uh, became an attorney, that would be great. But as it, as it remains, this is literally a hobby. And it sounds kind of flippant to say that. You know, I know a lot of attorneys will be like, law oh, practice is not a hobby. But, you know, what else are you going to call it? I'm not being paid for it. Hi, I'm well, doing it because. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm doing it because I, I have to because no one else is or very few other people are doing it and because it needs to be done. Um, and because I'm able to do it. So, I mean, that, that's a hobby. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you are. I mean, it does take somebody and I, re- I, I mean, I get why nobody else wants to take this on because it sounds like uh, a seven headed monster that nobody should mm-hmm. have with. just to get yeah. some basic, you know, you can leave your house you don't have to put on some outfit when you leave your house. Right. It's just the craziest times that we live in. I mean, and it's, it's, it's happened so fast. It's like people have just been blindsided by it. And, and everyone is just assuming incorrectly that, oh, it's just, it'll go away soon. You know, we'll be back to normal. And it's like, you know what? I, I hate to break the news to you, but the life you had in 2019 that ain't ever coming back. That's done. Yeah. Like you need to accept reality there, there, there is, you know, there is the way that things are now and it it is, it is, it just is. (laughs) All those people that thought something magical was going to happen on January 1st, 2021. (laughs) It was all just going to disappear as soon as 2020 (laughs) was over. 2020 was the appetizer, baby. That, it was the appetizer. 2021 is 
going to be effing nuts. Like it just is. Yeah. No, it already. Ha- I mean, the first two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Exactly. We we're, we're watching the preview right now. You know, this is the preview of. Anyway, I I, I don't. I try not to think about that kind of stuff because I can't do anything about it. I just focus on what I can do, and the rest of the world goes to shit. You know, at least I tried. So, what are the next steps here in, in terms of your your? Well, so um, all of the opposing parties have been joined to the case. They all waive service. Um, so now the court can exercise personal jurisdiction over them. So the next step is um, they have to file uh, a response to my petition. I think February 5th is their deadline to file a response. Um and honestly, I think that's a pretty generous deadline you know, that the court said. I would like to have seen an even more expedited deadline than that. But I understand, you know, it's, it's, I've raised a lot of complex legal issues and, um, to give fair treatment to the, to the opposing parties kind of requires them to have a good bit of time to process this, even though I did it in five days, but you know, whatever, um, so the next step is they, they will file their response, um, and I have uh, seven days after they file their response to file a reply, and then most likely the Supreme Court will set a hearing on the um, petition, response, and reply. And basically the hearing, so when, when you file the way that I filed, um, it, it's what's called an, under Arizona law, a petition for, an original petition for special action. That means that um, you can bring it directly to the Court of Appeals. So I I could have brought this in uh, Superior Court or the Court of Appeals or the Arizona Supreme Court. And so I picked the Arizona Supreme Court because, I mean, that's the venue to handle it. They're the ones that that should take care of this. This is an issue of statewide importance. It involves constitutional issues, and it's strictly a matter of law that that, you know, that fulfills the requirements for the Supreme Court to reasonably be the ones to adjudicate this. And so basically the petition is asking the Supreme Court to accept jurisdiction to hear this case, which is uh, highly discretionary. They can decide to accept jurisdiction and hear it. They can decide not to hear it. They can transfer the case to the Superior Court. Um, But the way I've framed the jurisdictional statement, I've tried to make it as convincing and compelling as possible that the Supreme Court is the correct thing to hear this case. So the hearing that will be, it's very likely there will be a hearing, can't imagine the Supreme Court is going to decide um, decide whether to accept jurisdiction based solely on the, on the briefs. Um, I think a hearing is in order, which is fine with me. I, I'm looking forward to arguing in the <laughs> Arizona Supreme Court. Um, and after that, after the hearing, if there's a hearing, um, they will make a decision on whether or not to accept jurisdiction. Um, I believe that they will. Um, I believe that the way that the claims are are laid out, um, and I believe that the issues that I raise in the jurisdictional statement are are sufficient um, for the Arizona Supreme Court to accept jurisdiction. So if they accept jurisdiction, 
then it's, you know, it, the, the case proceeds to a final ruling. Either, you know, the Arizona Supreme Court either denies uh, the relief that I requested or they, they partially grant it, partially deny it, or they fully deny it, or they fully grant it. And once they do, it's set in stone in Arizona law forever. So that's why, that's why I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to mess around with, with, with appeals. I don't want any appeals. I just want to take it to the top. Let's have a final decision. And then myself and whoever else can, can start again at the ground floor and work on the next set of claims based on that precedent. And this is refresh my memory and all the listeners memory. This is for the mask mandate. Yes, this is, um, this is to, well, it's, it's ostensibly to turn to, um, to avoid the mask mandates, but kind of a sneaky way. It's actually, um, trying to, um, essentially take down, uh, some of the authority that the governor and political subdivisions have under declarations of emergency. So the mask mandates is, is a part of it. Um, but it's really like it's, a, it's, it's like a, it's a, a backdoor a, way of, in, of right, right. them from doing any sort of mandates and shit like that in the future. Right. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a covert attack. So it's, it's a Trojan horse. It's using the masks to get in, and now I can argue that that you know I can argue other issues that they've assumed authorities that, that they don't they don't have lawfully have, and that's that's what this is. That's why it's thirty pages. Okay. And, and you don't think the the Supreme Court's just going to be like, nah, I don't want to hear this, kick it, kick um, it back, or because that's what they, they did. Might. Everything Trump was trying to bring forth, right? Last but certainly not least, let's thank our other sponsor for today's show. You know them very well by now. That's Photo IQ. And you all know that I'm a big proponent of investing in yourselves, learning new skills. And one skill that everybody thinks they really have, but very few actually do, is a good eye for photography and the ability to take a good picture. And if you're doing anything, today's day and age, um, any sort of business, online or otherwise, you're going to need good pictures. Photo IQ offers one of the most extensive and unique online photography classes that you can take. It's going to be more in-depth than just about anything short of a, a serious college degree in photography and far less expensive. And you can do it from the comfort of your own home, especially now that most of us are locked down here in the United States. This is a perfect way for you to gain another skill to help you start that side business, make a little cash on the side. Maybe you, you've been laid off because of COVID. Well, world still needs plenty of photographers. You could become one if you go to photoiq.co and you use the promo code FICTION. You'll get 20% off of any class, all the classes that he offers. Do that now. You don't have to take the classes right away. You can take them at your own pace. He'll help you build a portfolio. He offers a money-back guarantee. You have nothing to lose here. Go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION for 20% off your order. He bumped it up from 10 to 20 because of how much he believes in this product and how much he wants to share this skill with other liberty-minded people like yourselves. So make sure you check him out at photoiq.co, promo code FICTION.
Yeah. You're saying you're a better lawyer than Trump's team of lawyers. I'm saying I have a better case. <laughs> All right. It's not, about, it's not about who's a better lawyer. It's about, um, you know, my, my case does not contain any questions of fact. So there's, there's no issues to be decided by the court. So Trump's case is it's like, well, you got fraud to prove. Fraud is very hard to prove. You know, it's, there's a very high, what's called pleading standard for fraud cases. Um, you know, it, it's not just so-and-so saw this happen and, and that, and, and you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go off on a little bit of tangent here. Um, this whole election thing is, you know, here's the thing. Trump had been saying for months, and I, I don't take a position on this election fraud because honestly, I don't care. It's not, it's not something that I really care about. And I just don't, you know, I, I, I don't expect the American political system to, to ever benefit me. So I really don't care who's in charge. You know, it, uh, I've not benefited from really anything for most of my life. My tax dollars are basically wasted. Um, and that's just something I accept. I don't expect anything from government because I've never given me anything so that said, I'm not a member of any political party. You know, if I had to pick one, I'd pick libertarian because I agree with most of their stuff. But I, I, I'm just not very political. It's just it's kind of a waste of time. You're not going to make any difference. The, the, the corruption is set in stone and the corruption is both parties, everyone, everywhere. Um, so that said, Trump had been saying for months that, oh, there's going to be election fraud, this and that. And it's like, well, dude, why didn't you have court orders in place before this? You could have gone to court, had court orders in place requiring specific protocols be followed, right? Nothing. He, went, he was complete, no, no proactivity, completely reactive, waited until after the election, and then raised all these claims. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're not going to, I know that Trump as a businessman, and he's used to bullying people in meetings or whatever, you know, I don't really care. You're not going to do that with the courts. The courts are not going to say, well, he, Trump wants us to hear this case, so we have to. That's not how it works. Not, not the judges you've picked. That's not how the courts work. I, I, I don't have really any faith in American government except in the courts. And, you know, I, I just, it is what it is. So that's my, that's my election tangent. Um, but no, I, I have a much better case than, than Trump did because I don't have any factual allegations. It's all just, all of these things happened. There's no disputing that they happened. Um, and, and in a special action case, anyway, there can only be questions of law. There, there can be no questions of fact. So, because yeah, you know, questions of fact, right, re require a trial and questions of law do not require a trial. It's just, was this act legal or was it not? Yeah. Is there any like news coverage of you and what's going on with these cases? <laughs> um, I had news coverage. I had national news coverage. I was in U.S. News. Um, I was on WCBS back in May for the um, for the federal court hearing. Um, but no, there's been nothing right now. And, um, you know, I've I've tagged uh, a bunch of news organizations and tweets about my lawsuit. Um, but, you know, honestly, I'm not, I'm not reaching out to mainstream media or alternative media or any media um, to try to get publicity. I'm just doing basically grassroots Twitter, 
um, you know, podcasts like these, um, you know, to, to get the word out to people in an, in an unbiased manner, you know, because if I do an interview with, with the Washington post about this mask lawsuit, it's going to be framed as if I'm a reckless idiot and, you know, I'm a wannabe lawyer and I don't know what I'm doing. So what I do, what I do, what I do the interview, sure, because I really don't care how, how I'm perceived. It doesn't affect the outcome of my case. You know, every, every media organization in, in the country could say, this guy's an, a dangerous lunatic and he's trying to kill people because he doesn't want governments to require masks. I literally don't care. Like what the only opinion I care about is what the Supreme Court, you know, what their opinion is. I, I, I don't care. Write up stuff about me, whatever. So that's why I'm just like, whatever, media, I don't care. Like we'll, we'll, we'll do this in a grassroots Twitter podcast. You know, it'd be nice to know that, that there are people in my corner that, that, you know, have gotten the information from a source, i.e. me, you know, saying this is why I'm doing this. This is the case that I brought. This is the outcome I'm looking for. It's not a, you know, he thinks COVID is harmless, blah, blah, blah. None of that is, is relevant here. The relevant issue is what does the law say? Because government officials have to follow the law. This is not optional. This is not something they can say, well, you think times are different. Well, then get the legislature involved. Have them change the laws. Until they do, you have to follow the law. There's no exceptions just because you're the governor or a mayor. It doesn't work that way. You're not the king. It's well put. Very well put. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What's um? You said you had a GoFundMe. How do uh, how do people contribute to that? Because I think you might find some support in our listeners here. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not counting on it because like I said, everybody's broke. Um let me see if I can pull that up on my laptop. Um one second. Yeah, I did I had this GoFundMe um last time um for my suit against lockdowns. And um I got some contributions. I was actually surprised um that people actually contributed. But it was it was very helpful because my 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 laptop actually broke. Um, it completely fried. Excuse me, halfway through the process, and I was not working. I'd lost my job, and um, there were huge issues with the unemployment system. I had no no money. I had not paid rent. You know, I'm working on this uh, this federal case, and now my laptop's gone kaput, and. Were it not for the um, donations from the GoFundMe, that case would have been done. It would have been dead in its tracks. I would not have been able to do anything else. Um, you know, I can't. I couldn't go to the library and work on their computers because libraries were closed. It was like, <laughs> I, I it's like, oh, I'm not going to handle this case. That's not, and and plus, you know. Um, Hearing had it not been for the GoFundMe donations, um, I bought a used laptop and you, you saved my case. Okay, so the GoFundMe link is uh, gofundme.com slash f slash az dash mask dash lawsuit. 
uh, or if you Google GoFundMe, Joseph McGee, M-C-G-H-E-E, um, it's the first one that pops up. Uh, but I have a, you know, I have a little, uh, a little uh, narrative on why I'm doing this and, and it, et cetera. Uh, I put the goal at 25,000 just because they make you put a goal. <laughs> so I figure, you know, if I can raise 25,000, I can hire an attorney. I can hire an excellent attorney, mm-hmm. which is ideally what I would do because, you know, I'm, it's, it's really rolling the dice here, bringing this to the Supreme court as a self-represented litigant, because, you know, if they accept, if they accept jurisdiction and they issue a ruling on this, this is it. This is final. There's no appeal. There's no, you know, um, damn, I argued that wrong. Can I have a second chance? Nope. It's done. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta roll the dice though. You gotta take risks, you know, um, fortune favors the bold. There you go. Well, uh, we'll, we'll definitely link uh, to, to the GoFundMe. Well, hey, man, uh, this was great. I'll, I'll let you go, but thanks for coming on. I wish you all the luck. You are really doing the Lord's work. Go. Thank I'm going to get as many people as I can to contribute to that GoFundMe campaign. We'll link to it when we release the show and uh, see if we can get some scratch together to take on the, the goddamn government. You know, I just I just want them to play by their own rules. Yeah, that's, that's, the ones that's, that they swore an oath to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not asking for anything unreasonable. I'm just saying stop breaking the damn law. Yeah. Um, I I I'll, um, I don't know if you have a copy of the petition. I'll I'll send you a link to the petition too. If people send me that. It. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's long, so get comfortable. But uh, yeah, no. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You know, getting getting the word out is 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 important because. You know, even if if I don't win, um, it's it's still. I want people to know that there are people that are trying, that there are people that are fighting. So it's not hopeless. Don't give up. Um, it looks bleak now, but you know, now's the time to stand up. It's not six months from now, not a year from now, not when the courts have been closed because COVID three is here and. You know, we have to close everything. We can't even do telephonic hearings. Everyone has to stay in their house and order uh, Uber Eats. Um, no, the time is now. You got to fight now. And and whatever you can do, do it. Because you're going to kick yourself in a year if you if you just sat on your ass and hoped for the best. So thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. All right, bye. Bye. Well, that was it. That was the interview with Joseph McGee. Man, what a fucking nightmare these court cases are. I can only imagine what this guy's been going through for almost a year now. I mean, he started back in March. We are now in January, mid-January 2021, and he's still fucking filing motions, going back and forth with these motherfuckers in government. And like I said, this is what they want. Right. This is their their whole end game. What they depend on is uh, people being apathetic, being docile, not wanting to go through the fucking grind that this guy has been just fucking not what, nine, nine, ten months of this shit. Jesus Christ, dude. And and they depend on the, the legal system just confusing the hell out of everybody. 
<laughs> and then they just, eventually people just give up. You get overwhelmed. Uh, who's got time for this? If he didn't get laid off, uh, I, I don't know what, who can put in a 14 hour day on top of their regular nine to five job. That's like physically fucking impossible. If you're actually going to sleep. I mean, um, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so please guys, if you can, Give give this guy a few shekels just for his effort that he's put forth so far. And if he can win this case, I mean, who knows? Maybe he can. I, I never really hold out a lot of um a lot of faith, as much faith as I guess he has in the in the uh court systems that we have. But man, if he can get president set for something like this, and like he was talking about, a Trojan horse to to start taking on all of these unconstitutional decrees that state and local governments are, are putting forth, that could really make a difference in the day-to-day -day lives of everyday people that are just getting completely fucked over by the government. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I thought it was fascinating. I've never talked to anybody that's tried their own cases in, in court before. I, I plan on having him back on after there's a, a resolution to all of this. I. I don't know when I forgot to ask him best case scenario when he thinks this would actually get done. But uh, anyway, uh, Joseph McGee, check out his GoFundMe donate if you can. So yeah, don't forget to support our sponsors as well. And you can always become a supporting listener of this show by going to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back next week. I'm not sure when this is going to actually air. I'm pre-recording it. So probably next week with a brand new episode for you guys. And until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.